This podcast is brought to you by Fear Free, the initiative that takes the pet out of petrified and puts treat into treatment. Learn more at fearfreepets.com. This is the Fear Free podcast series, and I'm your host, Steve Dale. Today, we're talking about the fear-free approach to puretic patients. And joining me on the phone are fear-free certified speakers, Dr. Dana Liska, senior veterinary specialist at Zuetis, a veterinary dermatologist boarded for 15 years, and veterinary behaviorist, co-editor of the upcoming Decoding Your Cat, Dr. Deborah Horwitz. Hi, guys. Hi, Steve. Hello. Dr. Liska, I'll start with you. What is our current understanding of the significance of itchy, uncomfortable dogs in the U.S.? Ah, thanks for asking, Steve. First, I want to tell you, it is an honor to be here on your podcast with you and Dr. Horwitz, so just have to start and say that. Um, but I do have a very fun statistic to share with you to start off. We know that there, are, there were 7.5 million I'm going to say that again. Seven and a half million dogs were treated by veterinarians last year for pruritus. And that makes it the number one reason why pet owners are seeking veterinary professional care. And I think that number is just astounding. In fact, there are so many itchy dogs out there. Last month, the month of August, was the very first ever Zoetta-sponsored and AVMA-endorsed Itchy Pet Awareness Month. And the veterinary teams that are listening to this podcast can find resources to support their pet owners' awareness of skin health all year long at thescienceofstrongerbonds.com. And they are those resources are found under a tab that's on that website that's simply labeled resources. So what are your top recommendations for the veterinary practices that are seeing these itchy dogs? <laughs> I, um, see, let me see, I can think of, I can think of four things from my end. The first, when a client calls to report that their dog is having skin or ear problems, don't give them a phone fix. Don't tell them to give an antihistamine. Don't tell them to just give a bath. Don't tell them to just put a t-shirt on the dog to block the itch. Don't tell them to change the food or look for fleas. These owners would not be calling the practice if they were not worried. And so I want, I want the people who are answering the phone to have that empathy for the anxiety and the concern that these pet owners are feeling. And I want the priority to be for them to schedule an appointment because an itchy dog always warrants an exam by a veterinarian. That's one thing I can think of. The second, I have another fun fact to share with you. Um, we actually know from market research that 80 8% of owners have tried up to 15 at-home itch treatments before they even bring their dog to the veterinary clinic. So when those pet owners are coming to see their veterinarian, they are hoping the veterinarian will have something better to offer than what they've already tried at home. And they want therapies that are effective, they work fast, and will get their dog back to normal very quickly. And the third thing that I can think of is letting an owner know that the first priority today and throughout the entire process of working up their dog is going to be to stop the itch and make their pet more comfortable. That is going to give the owner peace of mind. It's going to create that space of trust and confidence. And then the owners are much more likely to accept the offer of the diagnostic workup. The fourth thing that I can think of Final thing, and then um, I'll let I'll let Debbie share. Um, but is that is keeping the description of the diagnostic workup very simple, very streamlined. 
it's simple in my mind. It's rule out parasites. It's treat infections. It's perform an elimination diet trial if necessary. And then if the dog is still itching, then it has what we call atopic dermatitis or environmental allergies. So, Dr. Horowitz, what are the fear-free principles that veterinarians should be considering when those itchy dogs come to visit? Well, first of all, I think that we have to realize that these dogs are uncomfortable. If anyone listening has ever had a rash, they know that the desire to scratch that is very strong. And when you do, you perpetuate that cycle of inflammation and, and uh, ongoing problems. So first thing to really do is control that itch because it makes the pet feel better. So we need to get them into the veterinary, ho- veterinary hospital in order to do that. Sometimes, however, they won't let you examine them because their skin is so sensitive to touch. And it's an important consideration when we go to treat these itchy dogs because once it's inflamed and infected, things are much worse. I would urge all veterinarians and pet owners to think about offering some tasty treats while their dogs are being examined in order to encourage them to focus on the food rather than the discomfort. If you feel your patient's too uncomfortable to be touched, then talk to the owner about perhaps stopping the itch as the first step using Apoquil. You can administer it in an exam room or you can give an oral medication that will provide rapid relief for the itch and inflammation within four hours. It can be started for the relief of the itch and have the dog return the next day so you can have a proper visit. And if needed, use some pre-visit protocol of sedation if you think the itch is still quite severe. Yeah, that's a great idea. So I'm standing here and I'm picking up words like itchy, uncomfortable, side effects. The words themselves almost seem a bit stressful. How much does allergic skin disease affect dogs and their owners? I think it's a great question, Steve. And we definitely recognize that that ongoing itch, that inflammation that Dr. Horowitz was talking about, it really does create this uncomfortable sensation in the skin. It may interrupt daily activities. And then that's going to interrupt interactions with others. And, you know, Dr. Horowitz said, think about how it feels if you've ever had a rash. And I would say the same thing. Think about how it feels if you've ever experienced maybe even something like deeper like poison ivy or eczema. And if you talk to people who have experienced that, they will describe it as uncomfortable, as annoying, a crawling sensation. I've heard people say maddening and merciless and that, those are just, you know, our, our patients cannot verbalize those types of feelings, but when you watch them and they're doing all that biting and that licking, it helps us understand how bad they must be feeling. And we do recognize that having an itchy dog can break the human-animal bond. You know, perhaps they don't want their itchy dog up on the couch with them, or maybe their dog smells bad and they don't want them in bed with them at night. Or I've had clients tell me that they feel embarrassed about the way their dog looks and they don't even want to go outside and go for a walk because they feel so embarrassed. It's true. And itching can interrupt the sleep cycle of both the dog and the people. And we know that when there's interrupted sleep, that especially REM sleep, it results in a change in your daily activities and interactions with people in the home. It can increase irritability and unpleasant interactions can occur both from the human side and the canine side. That's so true. I mean, who wants to lose sleep at night? Not at all for me. I know that. You know, the other thing that we recognize is for the, is for the dog owner, 
if there's if their dog's skin seems sensitive, even the slightest touch might cause more itching. I remember, so in my lifetime, I've lived with four atopic dogs. And I remember when one of them was kind of early, and my other name was Gracie, and she was a, a, a mixed breed dog. And my girls were very young, and they thought it was kind of funny that when they would touch her, she would itch. And they thought that was funny because they didn't understand. And so I had to help them understand that that response that she was having was showing how uncomfortable she was. And then they felt bad because they didn't know. Then they realized like, Oh, we don't know how to make her feel better. And it was just, you know, just one of those situations that that we see happen. In severe cases, itchy dogs may need to have an e-collar, Elizabethan collar, which can be both bothersome and a traumatizing experience. That's the reason it's very important to urge pet owners to intervene right away. Putting an Elizabethan collar on a dog does change their behavior. They're not as interactive. Sometimes they're depressed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're anxious. Sometimes they want to go hide. And if we intervene early enough and stop that itch cycle and identify what's causing the itch, we won't have to resort to an e-collar. And we know that an e-collar, without finding the source of the itch, is merely a physical obstruction to the action of scratching, but the itching is still there, which really is what's driving the behavior overall. As a veterinarian, I'm always an advocate for the pet, but in this situation, I also have to be an advocate for the, for the, for the pet owners too, because if you've ever lived in a household with a dog who has an e-collar, and that e-collar just you know, scrapes your walls, or even worse, like just kind of hits you in the, in the back of your calf, it's, it's not fun for anybody who has to live with that. That's right. And that was the go-to at one point in time. Yeah. What do we know about the older therapies, other therapies for dogs with allergic dermatitis? I'm talking about antihistamines. I'm talking about steroids. Those are our old go-tos also. And we have several studies, Steve, that show that antihistamines have a limited benefit at best for canine skin allergies. The most recent study measured percent improvement during a two-week time while dogs with atopic dermatitis were taking cetirizine, and 85% of those dogs either stayed the same or got worse. And in a graph in the publication, it appears that some of the dogs became up to approximately 60% worse during those two weeks. And the way I look at it, as veterinary professionals, we simply cannot be making recommendations for therapies where our patient's skin condition are going to stay the same or get worse. About 55% of dog owners report side effects with steroids, and they also have side effects like hunger and thirst and excessive urination. But Apoquel works differently than steroids, and the side effects reported are most often vomiting and diarrhea. People often yeah. don't realize, and we forget this, when they think of allergies, especially seasonal allergies, they're thinking about how they're exhibited in humans, which is a runny nose, and that's where antihistamines help. But when we have that kind of skin irritation, antihistamines are not helpful at all. Um, I'm so glad that you added that because it is so true. And what I find is in the end kind of trying to find that balance, that balancing the need for relief, with the consideration of side effects and then how those side effects can create an emotional roller coaster for pet owners. Yeah, exactly. So do you have fear-free dermatology tips for our listeners to share with their clients who have allergic dogs to ease interactions at home while managing their itchy and scratchy dogs? 
Well, first of all, think about how you're going to have them comply with your treatment recommendations. The best way to do that is either plan in advance and how to give oral medication to the dog, whether it's in a food treat or at a certain time of day. But consider how the patient's acting as well. If the dog's scratching a lot, rubbing against things, then you may need that intervention right away to decrease that itch, like Apoquel. Does your patient have fear and anxiety when taking oral medications? Then it might be best to counsel your owner to use some really delectable food treat, not just a piece of cheese, but we may need to go for something like uh, liverwurst or also telling them to give the dog four pieces of treats. And the first one is no medicine, the second one maybe the medicine, the third one no medicine, the fourth one no medicine. And as the dog eagerly gobbles up the treats and you move them from place to place, then the dog will be eating the treats and getting their medication at the same time. Finally, you may need to be giving the Apoquel at home who, for those dogs who won't allow you to give injections or the traveler visits to the veterinary clinic are too intense and they haven't overcome those fears. And you may want to start your treatment with oral Apoquil to slow down the itch a little bit and then see by bringing the dog to the clinic using some fear-free techniques such as uh, gentle handling and quiet approach that you're going to be able to treat those dogs much better. Yeah, and, you know, I love your idea about giving the treats. And, Debbie, um, one of the things, you know, as a, as a veterinarian, you always think about hiding medications in something. But when we did, I think it was our first Facebook Live event together, you know, you talked about starting that game early okay. on in life and, 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 you know, teaching them when they're little to take treats like that. And I just, you know, I, that thought had never crossed my mind. And that's one of my favorite things that I've, I've heard you say is, you know, just start that conditioning early. I love that. Um, you know, you were talking about Apoquel, Dr. Horwitz, and what I would say is veterinarians out there should also consider that they may be able to further reduce patients' fear, the anxiety and stress um, of oral medications by giving Cytopoint injection at the office. And that'll help avoid problems surrounding medication time altogether. And for anybody out there who's not familiar with Cytopoint, it's an injection that, again, is administered in office. And it's typically given every four to eight weeks for the treatment against allergic dermatitis and atopic dermatitis. And what I love about Cytopoint is it's an excellent choice of therapy to just reduce that burden of owner compliance for dogs that are already receiving other medications. Like, you know, you see a lot of these dogs that have, that are on the anxiolytics for fear, anxiety, and stress. And remember, when you're giving that Cytopoint injection in the office, start with a distraction technique before you ever are going to touch the dog and give the injection. Make sure that you have one of your uh, caregivers in the hospital targeting the dog with something really tasty, maybe a top of a margarine container that's smeared with peanut butter or little tiny uh, rollover meat treats, something that's going to get the dog eating and eagerly eating before you even administer that injection so that the dog doesn't notice what's happening, but we know we're getting them to feel better right away. This is what this is what we're doing with our. I have a. Uh, I guess he's almost a two-year-old uh, standard poodle. I still call him a puppy, but um, we have a. Uh, he's you know he's more adult-like now, but he has to have allergy immunotherapy injections, and we love this distraction technique when he gets his injections, and it just makes it go so well for everybody in the family. So, and every dog's different. There might be some dog mm-hmm. who really would want to hold on to their chew toy or their ball, which oh, makes yeah, them good very idea. happy. And so there are many different ways to do that. We also need to educate our clients 
the physical interactions like petting and hugging may be very uncomfortable for their dog. And although we want to console them during a medical situation, such as uncomfortable and itchy skin, sometimes the best interactions are ones that are hands-off. So instead of physical touch, you can discuss alternatives with them, such as a favorite treat, walks, or games, but something that doesn't require you to actually physically touch them, and that might start that irritation going. For some of these conditions, you may need to bathe the dog. And bathing can be an uncomfortable experience, or dogs aren't used to it. One of the things that's recommended is to take something like peanut butter or squeeze cheese and put it on the wall of the bathtub or the shower. And while the dog is busy licking that off, then you can use that time to make sure that they get all their shampoo on, that you rinse them clearly, and the dog is going to feel better after the bath. We know that. They don't know that. But also it's going to feel better because they got a tasty treat. Veterinary dermatologists love topical therapy. Um, you know, a lot of our patients have skin infections, and so we'll recommend uh, topical shampoos, topical sprays, and I would love to see this become part of the protocol for all of those patients out there who are getting, uh, you know, all that topical therapy. Dr. Liska, I agree. Every time I hear Dr. Horowitz, new ideas all, all the time. I know, I know. She's brilliant. What can I say? I love, I love the ball or bone idea as a treat because, right, not every dog wants peanut butter. Well, if you have a Labrador that's ball obsessed, they may yeah. either watch the ball intently or want to chew it in their mouth while you're doing something to them. And it relaxes them. It's a very calming thing for some dogs to be chewing on their treat. You know, when I was a kid, if mom would have put peanut butter around the bathtub, I would have wanted to take a bath. So here are the questions. <laughs> what final fear-free dermatology ideas do you guys have to share with veterinary professionals listening to this podcast? What I would say one of my uh, recommendations would be is to consider having your dermatology toolbox in the exam room. That decreases the need for the staff or the pet to go out of the room and come back in the room, which we know causes that fear, anxiety, and stress. The kit can have your flea comb. It can have your number 10 scalpel blade. It can have your spatula, if that's what you use to do scrapes. It can use, you can have your hemostats for hair plucks, mineral oil, glass slides, cover slips, your clear tape, your cotton swabs, your culturettes. All of that can be right in the room so you don't have to be going in and out. Another important fear-free point is that you always start with the least invasive technique. So that might be an impression smear rather than plucking hair because, again, the dog's nervous and you want to get at least something done. If you start with the most invasive technique, you may, may get a lot of resistance, increase fear and anxiety and stress, and then you won't get anything done. But if you manage to get some smears and maybe pluck a few hairs and then try a skin scraping, you'll get information that you need to make your diagnosis. So that's very, very important. And lastly, if you need to, use sedation and pain control to reduce that fear, anxiety, and stress because you'll do a more thorough dermatological examination and collection of samples will be easier and quicker. And don't let your owners talk you out of that. If you see a dog that's really in distress when you try to examine it, you can't do your best work. And we know that when we are allowed to do full diagnostics, we can treat our pets so much better. Oh, it's so true. And so the old adage in veterinary dermatology is tape, scrape, and DTM. 
And that middle test, the scrape, is, you know, where we're looking, you know, for mites in the skin. And we, we do, as veterinarians know, we have to, we have to kind of scrape deep. And um, that can be very, very uncomfortable. But we do now have one, one research study that shows that just plucking hairs and putting the root ends of the hairs into a little dab of oil and looking at that underneath the microscope could be an adequate alternative to doing that skin scrape. We have a second study that also showed that a simple tape impression might also be an adequate alternative to doing those deep skin scrapes for Demodex. There's also, you know, when we talk about um, the diagnostic pathway, one of the one of the things that I think can be a great tip is that the newest class of flea and tick products, the isoxazolines, they really can serve as parasite treatment trial, just because we know they have such a high degree of efficacy against parasites. We also know that we have. Uh, very well-established research, both on the human side of medicine and in animal studies, that anxiety and stress increase the skin's permeability to allergens, which I think is really fascinating. But again, to say that just so everybody kind of captures that idea that anxiety and stress can increase the skin's permeability to allergens. And so if the anxiety that's occurring is not treated in conjunction with the derm condition, we're not treating the entire patient. And that's the goal, treat the entire patient so they get better. Yeah, exactly. It, it, you know, for people out there interested, Zoetis has developed a program called Dermatological, and it's basically the team approach to itchy dogs. And it's meant to help veterinary practices involve the entire veterinary care team and provide relief for pretty dogs and just deliver that peace of mind that owners need. The fear-free techniques can easily be applied and absolutely aligned to this program to create an extremely positive in-hospital experience and an ex- a good experience at home for these pretty dogs and for the families that they live with. So for those of you listening out there, talk to your local Zoetis representative for more information or download the resources at thescienceofstrongerbonds.com. That is thescienceofstrongerbonds.com. Great information. Veterinary dermatologist, Dr. Dana Liska, thank you. Veterinary behaviorist, Dr. Debbie Horwitz, we will be looking for Decoding Your Cat, a follow-up to Decoding Your Dog, put together by members of the American College of Veterinary Behaviorists. This podcast is sponsored by Zoetis, the makers of treatments including Apoquil and Cytopoint. If you're already registered for Fear Free, be sure to keep up with all the Fear Free happenings. Access the new toolbox items and find all additional courses at fearfreepets.com. And of course, if you're not registered, find everything you need to get started at fearfreepets.com. If you're a member interested in pursuing practice certification, get more details on the same site under the Veterinary About section. And if you're a pet owner who's stumbled upon this podcast, welcome and learn more about the resources we have for you at fearfreehappyhomes.com. Do not use Apoquil, Oclacinib in dogs less than 12 months of age or those with serious infections. 
Apoquil may increase the chances of developing serious infections and may cause existing parasitic skin infections or pre-existing cancers to get worse. Apoquil has not been tested in dogs receiving some medications, including some commonly used to treat skin conditions, such as corticosteroids and cyclosporine. Do not use in breeding pregnant or lactating dogs. Most common side effects are vomiting and diarrhea. Apoquil has been used safely with many common medications, including parasiticides, antibiotics, and vaccines. Control of puritis or itching associated with allergic dermatitis and control of atopic dermatitis in dogs at least 12 months of age. For more information, please see the full prescribing information at apoquil.com. Cytopoint has been shown to be effective for the treatment of dogs against allergic dermatitis and atopic dermatitis. Zoetis is dedicated to changing the way we approach canine puritis to protect the bonds that matter most. Visit scienceofstrongerbonds.com for more information. For more information on fear-free principles, visit fearfreepets.com and share fearfreehappyhomes.com with your clients.